Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Record $17 trillion in household debt, $12 trillion in mortgages, $1.6 trillion in auto loans. I want to ask you, what the hell happened to our country? How do we lose our way? And if elected president, what would you do to get us back on track um, to some of our glory days? Well, you know, when my my uncle was sworn in as president in 1960, we were the richest country in the world. We owned half the wealth on the face of the earth. Mm. Uh, and we were the biggest exporter of goods. We had the biggest industrial base. Everybody in the world wanted what we had. When I traveled when I was a kid, strangers would ask me to buy my blue jeans. People wanted American transistor radios. They wanted RCA Victrolas, uh, record players. They wanted... Um, they wanted American automobiles more than anything. We were the gold standard automobile in the world. Three days before my uncle took office, President Eisenhower, the outgoing president, gave the most famous, uh, what probably is the most important speech now in retrospect in American history, 
where he warned Americans against the emergence of a military industrial complex that would um, that would turn us into an imperium abroad and mm -hmm. to a, a national security state, a garrison state, a surveillance state at home. And that would bankrupt the American middle class and, and beggar them in their own country. And my uncle came into office and spent the thousand days of his presidency fighting against the military industrial complex. He said, in fact, his uh, one of his best friends, Ben Bradley, asked him what he wanted on his gravestone. And he said, what is epithet? He said, he kept the peace. He said, he said the, the, the principal job of a president of the United States is to keep the country out of war. He said that he didn't want kids in Africa who heard of the United States to be thinking of a man with a gun. He wanted them to be thinking of a Peace Corps volunteer and the Kennedy Milk Program gave nutrition to tens of millions of, of uh, malnourished children around the world of the um, of the Alliance for Progress, the USAID, which he had designed to 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 give to put America on the side of the poor around the world. And my uncle kept us out of Laos. He kept us out of um, of Berlin in '62. Kept us out of Cuba in '61 and '62. Kept us out of Vietnam. He never sent a combat troop to Vietnam. And one thirty days before he died, he ordered all sixteen thousand military advisors home from Vietnam, and then he was killed exactly thirty days later. My father ran against the war and the warfare machine in sixty-eight, won the Democratic primaries, and then was killed that night. Martin Luther King, who had become a peace activist, yeah. you know, he had uh, he had he had uh, he had. Um, disagreed with many of his followers who said, no, stay in our lane. And he said, no, you can't, you cannot separate what's happening in Vietnam, the violence that we're exporting and the violence that we're bringing home. You cannot, you know, the war on poverty is being bankrupted by the wars abroad. And he became the, the loudest voice against Vietnam. He was killed two months before my dad. And those traumas my uncle's assassination, my father's assassination, Dr. King's assassination, the Vietnam War, 9-11 um, and COVID pushed us down that road against each one of them, a little further down that road against which Eisenhower warned us about, which is, you know, becoming a military industrial complex. And today we are living in the country that that he feared that Eisenhower feared. We have a, you know, the, a kabuki theater of democracy, which is we have kind of the, you know, these institutions that pretend to be democracy. We all go to vote, we talk about it, but, you know, there's nobody in this country that I'm talking to these days that believe that their, their voices are audible in Washington. And, yeah. and the capture of the agencies, you know, by industry, by the military, by the oil, by pesticide, by pharmaceutical industry, and by Wall Street finance, the capture of the Fed, has inextricably shifted wealth upward to with this new oligarchy of, of billionaires that we have, and they and has created this system of widespread poverty below, where Americans today are hopeless, they're depressed, they're watching their communities disintegrate, um, they're, uh, they are, they're, they're pessimistic about their future. There's a whole generation of kids growing up 
oh, I, there was a poll and I'll shut up. And I, there's a poll that came out a month ago that showed that in, in 2013, 85% of American kids between 18 and 34 years old said they were proud of the United States of America. The same poll last month showed that only 17%. And so sometime in the administration of the last two presidents, American youth have been completely disillusioned with our country and have become hopeless about their own futures. If, if elected, what would you do to restore the middle class and get America back to being in this glory? Because I agree with all the points that you've made, but I think a lot of people want to hear tonight, how would you fix those if you get elected? Yeah, well, number one, I'm going to unravel the empire abroad. Uh, we have 800 bases abroad and, you know, I'm going to end the forever wars. Uh, there's not been a single war since World War One that we should have been fighting. And, uh, and those wars have been more than anything else have drained our economy, have destroyed our moral authority around the world and have made us enemies. They've given rise to BRICS now, which is, you know, uh, which controls 90 percent of the oil. And, you know, uh, our traditional friends like Brazil, Saudi Arabia are now turning against the American dollar and that cataclysmic uh, impacts of that are yet to be felt in our country. Um, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll unravel the empire. I'm going to return the restore uh, sovereignty and transparency to the Fed so that it no longer is a mechanism for Wall Street shifting wealth upward. I'm going to end the chronic disease epidemic in this country, which is the biggest drain on our capital. We spend $4.3 trillion now on health care. Compare that to $1.3 on on military and national security with $4.3 and, and about 93% of that is for chronic disease. When my uncle was president, it was 6%. Only 6% of Americans had chronic disease. Uh, by, by 1986, 11.8%. 11, 11 by 2006, 54%. And today, we don't know because NIH stopped publishing those data. Uh, but we know that, you know, all of these diseases that suddenly appeared in 1989, autism went from one in 10,000 in my generation to one in every 34 kids in your generation. Um, uh, food allergies suddenly appeared. Yeah. Asthma became ubiquitous. My brother, I had a brother in asthma, I had 11 siblings. 70 cousins, and none of them had food allergies. Why do five of my seven kids have allergies? Why did my, my brother had asthma? He was told by a doctor, his doctor, there'll never be a cure for asthma because it's so rare, nobody will ever study it. Well, now one out of every eight black kids in America's cities has asthma. Why did that happen? It's not, you know, it's not genes. Genes don't cause epidemic. It's environmental toxins. Toxins, yeah. What are they and why aren't we being told that? Where did juvenile diabetes suddenly explode? Rheumatoid arthritis, all these exotic diseases like Crohn's disease and lupus, that suddenly appeared. Eczema, you know, and all of our kids are sick, horrendously sick. We're the, we have the sickest generation of children in American history, and we are the sickest country in the world. A reason, you know, we are the worst body count during COVID. We had, we had a, in our country, we had 16% of the COVID deaths 
uh, we only have 4.2% of the, of, the, the, uh, of the world population. So that's not a success story. Why are people getting awards for that? Why did that happen? Two reasons. One is total mismanagement. Number two, COVID was killing people with chronic disease. And yeah. we have the highest chronic disease burden on earth. Oh, CDC said that the average American to die from COVID had 3.8 chronic diseases. Now, look at the countries that didn't do what we did, that don't have those chronic diseases. Look at these poor countries. Remember at the beginning of the pandemic, Fauci and Bill Gates all said, oh, we got to get the vaccines to Africa and Haiti because they're going to get wiped out because of their poverty. Well, what happened? Haiti had a 1.3% vaccination rate, and it had 15 deaths per million population. We had 3,000 deaths per million population. We had 200 times what Haiti. Black people were dying faster than anybody. So blacks in our country, 3,000 blacks were dying per million population, but in Haiti, only 14. uh, Or 15. In Nigeria which had 1.4% vaccination rate, they had a death rate of one in 14, 14 per million. Again, one two hundredth of the death rate here. The average death rate in Africa was 320 per million population. That's one-tenth of what we had. Somebody needs to be able to answer those questions. Why were Black people in our country dying and Black people everywhere else were thriving? we, We need to understand that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.